Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of the Sally Serves It Up podcast. We are here to take things to the next level, to help you become the best version of yourself, to support you in using thought work and emotional management and a growth mindset to create the life that you want and to help you feel how you want to feel in both mind and body. So a couple of things to say before we get started. There's some sort of massive scaffolding situation going on outside of my house. This is the only time that I can record this podcast. And so if you pick up on any weird noises, I apologize. Um, Not much I can do about it. And second of all, I am waiting on a very important phone call. So hopefully we will not be interrupted. Um, I am very, very proud of 60 episodes. That is starting to feel like a chunky number. And I think it's cool and I'm proud of it. And I love doing this podcast so much. It's something I really just enjoy and take a lot of pleasure from. And I hope you get value out of it, you know, as much value as you can out of it. When I first started losing weight and learning more about coaching, it was all through a podcast and starting to listen to, you know, a few different podcasts. And I relied solely on that. And I think that there's something in that that is actually very good because it forces you to really do the work. You're really, you're sort of going, okay, this is all very well and good. Listening to it, it makes logical sense. If I want to um, change my life, I need to actually apply this. And so You just get into the mentality very early on when you're doing things through a podcast, solely through a podcast, say, without any coaching, where it's just like, this is on you and this is your choice and this is your responsibility. And I don't think that's, you know, that's no bad thing. Um, And so I think podcasts can be really helpful and, um, you know, genuinely life changing if you apply the things that we talk about. And I'm not saying that I change lives. But I'm saying, don't just listen, you know, try and always take away something that you can, you know, an actionable thing that you can um, do, say, for the the week ahead and see how it goes. This brings me to what I'm going to talk to you about today, which is such, such an important one. And it's something that I have been just has been so on my mind in 2024 because I see it as being the one of the biggest obstacles to people achieving what they want with weight, with food, with alcohol, with changing your habits. And that's the idea of compliance. So there's compliance, there's adherence, there's sticking to your protocol, there's doing what you said you were going to do in your daily plan. That is what we're talking about. And when you Google compliance or to comply, It says to act in accordance with a wish or a command. So when you're making your daily food and drinks plan, maybe this includes your movement plan as well. Some of you might say, these are my wishes, you know, for myself for today. I don't love the word wishes. It's a bit sort of vague and like untangible and somehow kind of makes me feel a bit like, well, I wish that I'd do it, you know, but it doesn't really kind of feel um, firm. But on the other hand, I doubt many of you will like the idea of the word command. Like this is what I command myself to do today. It feels a bit like military. Um, So let's just say it's about acting in accordance with your plan for the day. It's about honoring, compliance is about honoring your plan for the day, following through with it. And what I see happen is this. So so a person writes their daily food and drinks plan. That is a non-negotiable, okay? That is number one, always. And you can try and do this without, try and do this work without doing that. And I just can't tell you how many different ways and how many different layers there are to this actually very small practice, um, which will help you get you to where you want to go. So fundamental, number one, you've written the daily food and drinks plan. And by the end of the day, the actuals of that plan, so in my planner, I have, you know, plan for the day and then I have actual. The plan, um, the actual side of it looks like 
totally different to the original plan. And that's not because of like you made, you know, for breakfast, lunch and dinner, um, for whatever reason, you couldn't, you didn't have access to what you had planned and you made three smart choices instead. Like that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is there being like maybe one meal stayed the same. Another two have changed for no apparent reason other than it's not what you felt like and um, you didn't get organized and you just were like, well, we'll come to why that might have happened. There's like two random snacks on it and I'm not talking snacks that will like serve your goals. It's going to be like calorie dense snacks that are coming from you wanting to satisfy, buffer, numb and emotion. And the mindset is a combination of like occasional fuck it, one little bit won't hurt, surely eating this tiny portion of this food can't be the reason I weigh more than I'd like to weigh or my jeans feel tight because I saw Mary down the road who's really thin just eating the same thing. So why can't I do that? There's a lot of strong urges and probably quite a lot of chatter because there will be lots of chatter if you think that all of this like non-compliance is an option for you. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's on the table as an option, you will be constantly having so much food chatter throughout the day because it's like, well, maybe I should have that. Maybe it's like, you're not really like, what's the point of making the plan if the objective is not to just honor the plan? And the way, the the reason why you make a plan in the way that I do and how I teach and all of it is so that you can learn to eat in a way that doesn't involve calorie counting and eat in a way that um, really serves your body, makes you feel really good, makes food and alcohol feel easy. Like that's the point of it all. And then you might step on the scales after all of this, this happening like every day. And you're thinking, you're like hoping for a result because you're like, well, I did the plan. I wrote the plan. Like she said it to, and then the scales haven't budged or you maybe have gained some weight because you're holding onto a load of water because all of these snacks are like carby, salty, whatever. And you're not do you're not weighing yourself every day to like see the fluctuations. So just a quick note on the scales. What I am finding most helpful is either becoming someone who doesn't weigh themselves at all and having total scales, essentially freedom. On the flip side of that, there's scales freedom by being someone who weighs themselves often, but sees it in this really neutral way. Like I'm taking my blood pressure today. It's the same thing. Um, So there's power to be found there. And then there's also power to be found in weighing yourself monthly to like see an overall trend of the protocol that you're applying and the work that you're doing and see whether it's working for you. But I think week to week, like if you, you know, our weights can just fluctuate so much. And so I actually just doing it every seven days is not that helpful. Um, But that's, you know, another point. I just wanted to quickly add that in. Um, So you've gotten on the scales and the results don't reflect (laughs) what you want and your jeans feel tight and you know what happens then is people think that the plan doesn't work they start to think things like it must be the carbs it's the sugar it's me it's my genetics everything starts getting really vague and confusing and complicated um you're like messing around with what to do you're not sticking with what you should be doing because you weren't actually doing what you needed to do in the first place, which was comply with the protocol and and, can, and comply and honor your your plan for the day. Um, and then, you know, what happens is your commitment is impacted. Your belief in what it is you're doing, why you're doing it, the um, your belief in your ability to do it, the possibility within you is impacted. And, you, you know, their sense of how long it takes to make habit change in the act of eating, which you have been doing for God knows how many years, every single day is going to take, you know, you are expecting that all to change in a week. And you're thinking things like, this is hard. Why can't I get this? What's wrong with me? And it all becomes so fraught and you just feel incredibly like meh. 
and there's a lot, a lot of chatter. There's a lot of things going through your head. And I just want to say, like, I know this because I've been there. Okay. So I'm not saying this to judge anyone. This is all I think very, very normal human behavior, but it's like a cycle that doesn't feel good and which we have the choice to get out of. And that is what we are trying to do in this podcast, in the work that I do. It's like, it's why you find yourself in this position in the first place is is normal. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing bad about what you've been doing. It's all completely comes from a very human, primal, like normal pattern of behavior. But we have the choice to get out of it. And if you want to, this is where the work is. So I could go on painting this picture of what it looks like when you basically make a plan, you don't adhere to it, you don't comply with it. And then what happens after that and how basically the protocol and what you'd sort of set out as your plan all starts to get moved around because you're thinking it doesn't work or you're it's just impact or and slash and it's impacting um, your belief in yourself and your commitment to this goal that you had set yourself. And it, it's just it's just messy. It all gets murky and muddy and messy. So let's talk about the solution. To talk about the solutions, we need to understand the problem. And there are three reasons why, you know, I could probably go on for more, but let's keep this podcast vaguely <laughs> succinct. There are three reasons why I think compliance is an issue for people, why you're not following through with your plan. And I think most of the time they're all connected. So I'm kind of imagining like three circles that all have like an overlap um, in the middle. So number one is that your protocol and your daily plan isn't right. It's not sufficient. Um, so one side of this is that it could be too diety and restrictive and therefore it's like destined to fail because there's always going to be the rebound. People think when they are feeling crappy enough that they then start restricting and, and so they have some willpower that there's never going to be the rebound to that. And that always is. That's why they keep finding themselves ultimately in the same position every whatever it is, every Monday, every six months, every January. So you've got to understand that when your body feels restricted, when you are physically restricting it, there's always going to be the rebound. Just think of that boomerang. It's going to come right back at you. <laughs> um, and you're going to see the little snacks and eating off the kids' plates and not being willing to be a bit hungry before your main meals. Those are like mini rebounds from the restriction. And it's when you are restricting too much in the day and in the daytime, because often what happens is things go wrong sort of basically from 4 p.m. onwards is what I see. And because the day before maybe didn't go perfectly and you've had stuff that you think is quote unquote bad, your daily daily plan like keeps being so restricted the next day or diety or good, like whatever resonates with you. Um, you may not think you're being restrictive, but it's like you have a beautiful, amazing, just like iconic human body and it needs more than 1200 calories okay so people find it so hard to find the middle ground here after so much diet history um and to really trust me on this but once they do they see it all doesn't have to be so hard and food can actually be truly enjoyable and like easy and just like not this problem um where it's like there's so much joy but there's also so much um emotion and fraught and kind of complication attached to it so this is about giving your body what it needs not putting your body through a diet so that's where i see number 1 being the problem the protocol isn't quite right. Like you've cut out all sugar, you've cut out all carbs. And I, I'm not here to say sugar is great for you. I'm saying if you're going into it and you've and you're just basically in one way or another underfeeding yourself, it, your body is so, so amazing. See it in that way. Your body is incredible. It is going to survive. So it is going to get what it needs, however it goes about it. And then what happens is it creates habits and routines that latches on of like, oh, 
here I've got my dopamine, boom, let's go. Like, let's make this into a pattern for ourselves. And that's where it then becomes like just so annoying and complicated. Number two of why I think compliance can be an issue. And number number two leads on from number one, which is essentially, obviously, when you are not complying, it's to do with having urges and cravings and these feeling too strong and too overwhelming. Um, you know, when I sometimes have urges, you know, I didn't have the awareness of what my urges were like before. I was just like, I just want that. Whereas now it's like sometimes I can have strong urges and it feels like a full body experience and it can be very strong and you you can't allow them to be there without reacting or giving into them. That's a problem. It's only a problem if you're getting results from it that you don't like. It's not a problem if you're like hunky-dory feeling fine, but I don't think you'd be here if that was the case. So <laughs> you could call this urge management but I would also call it mainly stress management and boredom management because sort of normally under the urge, if you were to go a layer deeper, it's to do with another emotion. So an urge, a craving, urge and desire is an emotion, but underneath that is stress, is anger, is frustration, is vulnerability, is anxiety, is boredom and restlessness. Those are two ones that people just underestimate all the time. And urges can be a problem, you know, you can be struggling with urge management for two reasons. One is what you're eating. So like W-H-A-T, what are you eating? And the second part of it is your kind of urge management skills, what you're offering yourself um, in replacement to the cookie, in replacement to the cheddar cheese, in replacement to the peanut butter. Um and 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 will this will then develop in 2.3. So read what you're eating. I'd say the biggest thing is people are not getting enough protein in before dinner time. And I'm going to do a podcast on this very soon because it's such a big one that so many of us are underestimating and not really like listening to or applying. And it it's it's just like I I'll let I'll go into detail with the podcast, but it's about getting a really, really decent amount of protein before 4 p.m. essentially. So whether you're at breakfast and at lunch, um, or if you are just having lunch because you do some fasting and you have a more compressed food day, it's about getting 50 grams of protein in before dinner time, at least I'd say. Okay. The days I find the easiest with food are the days where I've eaten more protein earlier on in the day, in the front end of the day. And 50 grams of protein does not mean a 50 gram chicken breast. Um, It's about looking at the macro content, macronutrient content of that item. So like 100 grams of chicken has, I think it's like 30 grams of protein, thereabouts, like, I don't know, 29 or something grams of protein. So you've had like a chunk of chicken, I think like those Marks and Spencer's ones that I get, which is like three for eight pounds, is 120 grams. It's about 35 grams of protein. And I'm saying you need to get 50 grams of protein at least before 4 p.m. That would be my goal for you. And then for you to be getting more protein at dinner. This helps so much with cravings and with urges and with basically not having them that you then feel so free and relaxed and you're giving your body what it needs, like lean, high quality protein, and you're not giving it all of that processed snacky stuff. That is generally what, what seems to be what people snack on at, you know, from, from that time of the day onwards, and you will start to see results from it. And it's also about acknowledging that you're not giving your body the chance to like regulate it's blood sugar and hunger. So you haven't, hunger feels hard because your insulin, your ghrelin, your leptin, which is like your blood sugar, um, your hunger, your fullness hormones, those are all a bit all over the place. They're dysregulated. And I would say that the way to regulate them to then make your life so much easier with urges, i.e. to have less urges, is just thinking about your plate, how you're building your plate. Whole foods, 
I'll come to sort of more detail on that, but it's about building your plate every single meal um, with with a lot of intention around there being protein first, half the plate of fiber, like fiber, 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 um, some healthy fats and some optional starches, like a quarter of the plate is optional starches. And, you know, things like legumes and potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, some rice, like just being mindful of those starchy, starchy things, but not overstressing about it and just prioritizing whole foods. You'll think you're all being healthy. At the same time, if you pair this with getting enough protein, you will be able to go nice long chunks, not long chunks, like nice, decent, what you're meant to go chunks between breakfast, lunch, dinner, and your blood sugar will not be all over the place. You will not have these urges and cravings in the same way. And eventually you start to pick up that habit that that is what you do. And this is the food that you eat. And this makes your life so much easier. So why wouldn't you eat it? And it just becomes part of your routine. Like I've been doing this for so long now that it's like the idea of not eating these foods and therefore like voluntarily making my life harder because it it throws my body all out of whack. It's just it's just so unappealing. Like the things that are say off protocol, not a whole food need to be so delicious and so kind of quote unquote worth it. Um, and there's a space for them, of course, but they really do need to be worth it. Otherwise, you just are constantly playing catch up and you're never going to find this peace, this freedom, this ease where you're not thinking about food all the time. Um, and let's be honest, like when we're going off plan, it's not like a nice, lovely sort of portion of sugar snap peas and, you know, some boiled eggs, which is FYI, a totally great snack if you're like physically hungry. Um, it's often a calorie dense sort of processed want something or another, or like a big handful of nuts or whatever it is. And that's, we need to get those things in check. So there's the whole foods piece of urge management and how you're building your plate and getting enough protein, um, which is, you know, carrying on from point number one. It's like, what is your protocol? Like, what is your plan for yourself? But it's also about acknowledging, like, who are you as someone who responds to stress, someone who responds to boredom? How do you deal with these really uncomfortable, annoying emotions that are part of the daily experience of life? Like, it's about understanding that you don't need to panic when you feel this discomfort in your body. There is no, there's no saber-toothed tiger here, okay? There's no real threat. And we need to learn to not be thinking this is bad that I feel this and use willpower to try and like override this behavioral loop where you've taught yourself that you feel these emotions and at the tail end of that, you're going to be rewarded with some sort of dopamine, with some sort of food. This is where we need to increase our capacity for feeling uncomfortable emotions and at the same time, you know, as what we do in coaching is looking at the thoughts that are creating these uncomfortable emotions within you in the first place. So what is it that you're thinking about your day that is making you so stressed or that you're thinking about your children or, um, you know, your aging parents, or you're thinking um, about the situation that you're in that's just like boring and you just want something to entertain you. This is where you need to be like, I feel these emotions and the best thing, the most kindest thing I can offer me, myself right now is a big bottle of water with some electrolytes in it, is some nice fizzy water, um, a herbal tea. I could go take a bath. Like I could go lie on the bed and do a five minute meditation. I could go into the loo at work and do a meditation. Like these things are all available to you. I could take a quick, you know, some of my clients just go and they're like, I'm just taking a walk around the block for at work. You know, they go for 10 minutes. You are allowed to do that. And let's just start doing things more like that. And hey, that adds to your step count. Win-win. So we've covered number one and number two of reasons why I think compliance is an issue. Like what is your protocol? What is your daily plan? Being diety about it. Like not being realistic with it. Not eating th- like just normal adult human <laughs> portions at mealtimes. 
And then also looking at your urge and cravings management, which is covered by what you're eating, improving that with whole foods, improving that with eating way more protein than what you're probably used to. But it makes things so much easier and then you feel so much more free. And then also looking at how you respond and how you react to uncomfortable emotions and who it is that you want to be as a human moving through this world in relation to uncomfortable emotions. Do you want to be someone? And this takes me on to number three. This is mindset, self-concept. Do you want to be someone who responds to uncomfortable emotions via food, via alcohol? Do you want that to be perhaps your crutch? And every now and then, I, I, you know, I'm not here to say what's the right amount, but it's not about trying to become this perfect robot, but it's about trying to become the best version of yourself. And what is holding you back from experiencing the full breadth of human emotion? If you can start to see that all emotions, the, the really horrid, uncomfortable, negative, uncomfortable ones, whatever you want to call them, they are revealing something to you. They can teach something to you. They can help you become so much more aware of what you're thinking. And if there are any opportunities to change that, evolve that, tweak it, or if there are any opportunities to just allow those emotions to be there, you believe what you believe, they make you feel those, um, those uncomfortable emotions and process those without food or alcohol. It's a self-concept thing of what do you want to believe about yourself? Who is the person that you want to be? Are you someone who does what you say you're going to do? Um, Are you someone who follows through? Are you someone who can comply and adhere to a plan that you made for yourself that you made earlier in the day with your best interests, sorry, best interests leading you, directing you? You made that plan for a reason. So when you have primal urges to go, fuck it, are you going to teach yourself to become someone who goes, that's fine that I have that primal emotion and that primal urge, but I'm not going to reward it. I'm not going to react to it. I'm not going to buffer it or numb it. I'm going to allow it to be there because I am a strong and robust person. It's about believing that you are so capable. Like I, with clients, I have a hundred percent belief that they can achieve the goals that they want and that they have the capacity to, and that they are capable of doing that. But it's about believing that for yourself. So I hold the belief while sometimes the clients don't have that for themselves because they've had so many failed diets that they can't seem to believe that this is possible. And like coaching is their last ditch attempt to find this freedom and this ease and the results that they've been looking for. But really, like, you've got to stop believing that you can't do this because you can. Like, of course you can. When I went, I took Eddie to Cirque du Soleil on Sunday, which was just such an incredible experience. I I went quite a few times when I was a young, a young girl. And um, I remember going in Manhattan when I must have been about five years old. And I remembered it so well. And I thought, I really would like to give that to Eddie as a memory, as a core memory, like they do in Inside Out, Um, one of my favorite films. And I saw these people doing things with their bodies. And I thought, bloody hell, like, I have got to stop debating, and I don't do this often, but I sort of thought about this in a broader level. Like, we (laughs) have got to stop debating about whether to do the workout, whether to go on the walk. Like, these things, yes, they are challenges in our little world, and and that's great to, to show ourselves that we can do them. But gosh, like, seeing these people do these things with their bodies, it's like, we are capable of so much more. I thought to myself, what do these people believe about themselves that's different to someone who's sort of inactive, but, you know, has the ability to be active, um, they're believing that it's possible for them. They're believing that they're capable. They're not letting their emotions get in the way. They're doing it either way. They're doing it whether they feel like it or whether they don't. And the reward, the reason to do that is because they are becoming masters of, like, of themselves. They are becoming the best version of themselves. And these are the things that I really want you to 
see are possible for you. If compliance is a problem, it might be food, it might be your protocol, like it might be how you deal with stress, but it is also 100% like, well, I don't know whether that makes sense. It is also going to be a massive part of it will be what you believe about yourself and your self-concept and what you're capable of. You are perfectly able when you've got all of these things in place, when you're eating the the foods that make your life easier because sugar, snacking, lots of meals, lots of sort of flour, processed foods, alcohol, these things make things so much harder for yourself. And therefore, yes, complying can be difficult. And then you think that there's something wrong with you. I want you to realize that these these three things are so interlinked. And you have got to say when when you have these urges to eat a snack, like that, that is, you know, I don't know, three biscuits, a really milky cup of tea, and maybe like two tablespoons of peanut butter, like that kind of snack that doesn't actually feel that good 20 minutes later. Um, you've got to ask yourself when you're having the urges for that, that snack, what am I believing is possible for me? Or like, how am I rating my capability in this moment? Because you are capable. We are capable of so much more than we think that we are. So please look at your self-concept and your mindset around this. And the reason to do that is to evolve, to become the best version of yourself, to increase your emotional resilience and capacity and your emotional agility. So your, your, your ability to feel a negative emotion and for it not to mean that the rest of everything else is impacted and cascades into, um, you know, the evening or into how you interact with other people. It's about understanding, like when you believe in yourself truly, and you believe in your capacity and your capability to comply and to adhere and to follow through and to honor what you say you're going to do, what will happen then? And of course, you need to be eating the right foods that make that so much, so, 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 so much more possible for you. And you need to be um, leaving all of that diet mentality and restriction and, you know, miso soups and broths and all of that behind. You know, I just had, I just had an egg for breakfast and I, I'll just have this little, you know, 60 gram tin of tuna for lunch. No, Vito. <laughs> so I want you to ask yourself if this is problem for you, if this resonates for you. And if it is, I want you to take a piece of paper. So this is, I'm giving you some coaching that is, uh, you know, the best way I know how to give coaching via podcast. So on a piece of paper or in the notes section of your phone, write down what results you're experiencing currently by not being compliant with your daily plan. Like what is happening for you? How do you feel? What emotions are, what are the sort of net results of it and why? Like what is happening? What results are you missing out on? Take a guess at what you might not be getting as a result because of this non-compliance. And do you want those results that you've listed? And give yourself reasons why you might, why or why not you want those results. How would they make you feel in yourself? And understand out of the three things I mentioned above. So like your plan, your protocol, your urge management, and like what you're eating, as well as um, your capacity to feel these uncomfortable emotions and like your habit swaps that you can do for urge management um, and your self-concept. Like what is the, what from those seems to be the problem for you? Might be all three, normally is. And how I would navigate these problems is to be really honest with yourself. Is this compliance issue really what's getting in the way of your results? And stop thinking that it's the sugar, stop thinking it's the carbs, stop thinking there's anything wrong with you. Decide that you're going to be compliant to this beautiful plan that you have. For the plan to be beautiful, it needs to be nourishing and kind and realistic and for an, a grown adult, gorgeous human, not restrictive or vague or diety. And to decide this, 
I, you know, I know I can say it's easy to make a decision, but really it is, it's a decision. And that doesn't mean that it's perfect from there on out, but it's like, it's a decision that you have made and you are going to live in integrity with that decision. So to decide that you have to believe a few things which will be individual to you and you must, must, must get clear on them. So write them down and I'll give you some examples. So things like I have, so first and foremost, it's like I've decided that compliance, that I comply with my plan, with my daily plan. And then it's like, I'm capable of following my plan because of course you are like, hello, we can do hard things. And it might feel a bit hard at first, but your habit brain truly will quickly like take note. And the whole idea is to eventually for it to become natural and automatic that you just follow through with your plan, with your plan for that day. And your brain will offer you about 95% less drama about it. Okay. That's the objective. That's what's on the other side of all of this work. So, and that's when we talk about feeling peace and freedom with food, because it's like, food can exist. And it's just like, you're not having these overwhelming cravings for it. I am capable of following my plan. I know that compliance is the kindest thing I can do for my body today. I love adding today to things or in this moment, because so often we get caught up thinking about like the long road ahead, just deal with every urge, one urge at a, t- at a time, one day at a time, just do it day by day. So like me thinking, I know that the compliance is the kindest thing I can do for my body. Like, yeah, all very well and good. But if I had an urge and I said to myself, compliance is the kindest thing I can do for my body in this moment, and I'm going to choose kindness for myself, that makes me deal with that urge that's right in front of me. It makes me feel a lot more capable. I'm just focusing on that. And we just try our best to get on with it. (laughs) Other thoughts are like, I do what I say I'm going to do. I am someone who follows through with my plan and trusts my body. Trust is an important one. Like your body is clever. It is not broken and it can work. We have spent so long overcomplicating things, feeling in like just distrust because what happens is the diets create such an imbalance and and just so much crap going on in our bodies that like we think that there's something wrong with them. There isn't when you can be more compliant, which means you can be more consistent, which means you are, you know, if you're being more consistent with eating like three meals a day and not snacking that often, um, you are probably eating like more whole foods and more protein, like I said, and you will find results. I promise. I promise. It's not as complicated as we think. Urges aren't a problem. They are an opportunity for my growth and my evolution. And, you know, like decide how to make the idea of growing and evolving as a person appealing to you. This means like when you can become someone who doesn't react to urges and discomfort and negative emotion with food, you will evolve yourself as a human. You are increasing your capacity for discomfort, which is a good thing. Um, Because think about how that will serve you in areas of your life when stuff inevitably happens that doesn't always feel good or is sad or is shit and complicated. Like being someone who doesn't reach for sugar when the going gets tough also means you are more likely to be processing how you actually feel rather than buffering it away or pushing it down or numbing it. And that is a very good thing. Okay. Your body holds the score. If it is holding on to so much negative emotion, it will manifest, you know, in your experience of your body. Whereas if you are allowing yourself the opportunity to process what's going on for you, no matter how shit it feels like, believe me, feeling a really uncomfortable emotion and going and lying on your bed for however long you have the, um, like possibility of doing that for is processing it more than going fuck it and opening a bottle of wine and eating all the pistachios. Okay. And you will net net feel a hell of a lot better the next day. You will feel more capable. You will feel like some, you, I, I can't really explain it. You'll just feel sort of slightly more neutral rather than worsening how you feel because you're only pushing things down. You're only pushing them away. You aren't processing them. 
It's also about believing compliance is important. Let's stop not thinking that this is number one, like so crucial. There is no point having a plan. There is no point having a protocol. There is no point doing the plan in the first place and setting a goal if you are not, if you aren't thinking that this is a really important piece of the puzzle, following through with it, honoring it, and becoming someone who does that. What would that mean about other areas of your life if you did that, if you just became that person? Like that's how I became so consistent with movement is seeing that I could be consistent with food. And it's like, well, if I write down what I say I'm going to do movement wise today, like, oh, I'm some, I I am someone, I've taken on that identity that I'm someone who does what I say I'm going to do. So I'm going to bloody do it. And I also challenge myself to, to do, to do it and to do not always take the easy route. Like this is all mindset and capacity work. And I want you to see that compliance is a symbol of your commitment. And just when you aren't compliant, it doesn't mean you're not like committed and you can give yourself a hard time. That's not a free pass for judging yourself, okay? it's You are going to not have a perfect linear road, but at the fundamental core, at the root, at the seed, there has to be the belief that this is an important piece of and that you are committed to becoming compliant, okay? So there's going to be mistakes, but you can just focus on being 100% committed to your goals today, 100% committed to being following your plan for the day. Often, when I write what my intention is for the day of what is my one, what is my one focus for today, I write following through with this plan. And then, and I write, what's my one, why, sorry, what is my reason for doing this, for focusing on this? And it's going to be a myriad of different intentional thoughts, but it starts with knowing and believing at the core of all of that, that following through with my plan is first and foremost, the most important thing I can do for myself, is the best thing I can do for myself. And I know it to be true, you know? Like it is it is food freedom and peace when you start to just write your food plan and just follow through with it. But I'm not saying that happens overnight, but you have to have these core beliefs that will support it. And you need to understand your think, feel, act cycle here. When you are thinking these things, when you have decided what your decisions are and your and your intentional thoughts around this, how do you feel? What emotion comes up? Confident, proud, trusting, committed, motivated. And when you're feeling those emotions, thinking these thoughts from these decisions that you have decided what will your actions be? Because a couple of them need to be follow my plan, well, write a plan, follow my plan, allow urges, work on my mindset daily, not be restrictive, okay? Not be diety. And after you've decided that, that's where you build your plan. You you write your protocol, you understand what it is, but like don't overcomplicate things. If I said just eat three proper meals a day, and ensure those meals are being built out on your plate, like protein first, protein driven, first and foremost, lots of veg and fiber, thumb size, healthy fats, and some optional starches. Like think about it like a three quarters of a cup or a cup of starches. And you just ate those and you ate enough at those mealtimes and you eat, you sort of were eating as a grown adult. And you'll, you then, the other thing to do is just to follow your plan. That is it, okay? There's no sort of secret. There's no workaround to consistency and compliance and simplifying it. It is simple. Like when I worked in gyms, like the the trainers would just day in, day out, they're just getting on with it. They are less emotional about it all. They're not overcomplicating things. And yes, God, those trainers could would eat predominantly like, you know, protein, veg, carbs, uh, refuel, but they also made space for like the sweets they like and the good times they like, but they were just so much less emotional about it. And so then they are more consistent and then their body's like, okay, cool. Like we're an adaptive body. We are, are mainly burning like fat for fuel. This is this is cool. They're, they're actually not even needing to burn fat for fuel because they're just sort of functioning and eating and it's all fine. And they're not trying to lose weight. <clears throat> so when you do this, your body composition will change. Your mindset and behavior loops will change. 
what you think about food and urges will change. And the energy around it all will feel way less charged in a very empowering, motivating way. So I really, really want you to consider thinking about compliance. It is so like such an integral part to this. And if you're struggling with it, double down on it. Okay. Don't think, don't be tempted to think that there's any other reason for it than what I've said. Okay. Think about whether you're being too diety. Think about the type of food you're giving yourself, whether you're getting in that protein and the whole foods. And also think about how you deal with urges and uncomfortable emotions and what else you can offer yourself, like a habit swap rather than the peanut butter. What else can you have? And then think about your self-concept. What are you capable of? Of course you are capable of doing this. And that does not mean the road is going to be linear. It will not be. There will be days that you comply and days that you don't. Learn from the days where you do comply. What worked? Okay. That is just as important as looking at the days where you didn't comply and thinking, interesting. Love you, human body. Love you, Sal. What was going on? Okay. What might I sort of try for next time? What would I need to believe that's different? What thought was causing, you know, at the root of all that? What was driving that behavior? Was it that I was underfed, that I hadn't had enough protein? Or was it that I was super stressed out or that I ate too late or that I ate, you know, super early and I had to wait too long in between meals? Like whatever it is, just acknowledge it and move on and apply the learning. You are super, probably far more smarter than me. And you can apply those learnings to your next day. And it's all about just taking it day by day. But you've got to fundamentally believe that this piece of the puzzle is integral. It is essential and that you are perfectly capable and have the capacity to learn it and to do it and apply it and to become a master of it. And I just want to share, like, it feels so, so good writing your daily food plan. And then at the end of the day, being able just to be like, tick, 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 tick. Yep. Did, did all that. Cool. No problems. And it also feels great when you're able to make healthy swaps and for things not to go as you planned because of whatever reason, because of life and circumstances, and for it not to mean that the whole plan has gone to shit and it's a, it's, you know, a free ticket for, um, you know, eating all the rubbish. No, it's just like, make your healthy swaps. Um, And you're doing this because you want to feel better in your body and you want to feel more relaxed around food. And you're you're not doing this trying to make yourself so small and to get approval from others. You're doing this because you you deserve to feel how you want to feel and you deserve to feel strong in your body. And it's ultimately about being someone who consistently treats your body with respect and with kindness, and who takes really good care of your body, like understanding what good care looks like for you. It's not going to look the same as Mary down the road. It's not going to look the same as Shania in the gym. We are all different. We are all unique. Let's love and respect ourselves and, you know, meet ourselves where we are and be kind. Um, This is not like about going, you know, we talked about it earlier about the commands. Like this is not about commanding yourself to do something. This is about believing in your capacity to comply with a food plan for your day that is a delicious, great, yummy um, food plan that is about that is being driven from treating your body with respect um, and with love and with pride and as a as a full grown adult, you know not as someone who needs to diet to be smaller to feel happy you if you if you shift your focus to being consistent with treating your body in that way like with the respect that i talked about that is where you will find sustainable habit change because you will be so much more compelled by that when the going gets tough um than if like only weight is guiding you. That doesn't mean driving you. That doesn't mean that weight doesn't have to be important to you. I'm not here to say that it should or shouldn't be. Um, 
because you know I we all know how like certain weights that we feel are best in and most confident in and we're perfectly entitled to want to weigh that but it's about layering on this piece of fundamentally what's driving that is wanting to learn to become consistently um kind and respectful to ourselves so there we go we have to move past the just like I just want to lose 10 pounds um because it's about I want to be someone who treats their body consistently with love and kindness and pride and respect and this is where I'm relaxed and I do what I say I'm going to do and I'm no longer someone who is like restricting and binging and feeling strict um, and fraught about it all that is the goal and weight loss will often inevitably follow and that is where you'll just enjoy food so much more um, along with a myriad of other wins and results which will blow your mind okay um when you open up your ability to change your self-concept believe in new things about yourself increase your emotional management increase your ability to follow through with the things you say you're going to do for yourself like those are four things i just listed on my finger and they can change the entire experience of your life 100 i'm in zero doubt about that so that's what's on the table and i encourage you to look at this piece and if you would like help with it please visit sallywebstercoaching.com. That was quite comprehensive though. So um, I have two coaching packages available, um, but please just always reach out. I posted on Instagram a testimonial this week where you know a client had six weeks um, before she was going traveling and she just wanted to try some coaching and see what happened. And it was so, so effective. So let's just talk about what it is that you want, your timelines, and we will work something out. I am flexible. I am not a rigid, um, annoying person, hopefully. Okay. I also want to say quickly, I've got like two amazing guests coming on the podcast in the pipeline very soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. They are two amazing trainers. One is also a coach, a weight loss coach. um, And I think you're going to really love that. And I will be bringing on a guest probably every month now moving forwards um, because I just want to increase our chances of getting this work to and getting this way of doing things to as many women as possible so we can stop with all the diets, stop with all the feeling shit, stop with giving ourselves a hard time, stop with thinking this is hard and it's not possible for us and start to see that it absolutely is. So if having guests helps you to get even better results or helps more people find this podcast and find this way of doing things, then let's do it. And Jesus, it will be better than listening to me for uh, a sole hour. Hey, okay. Have a beautiful week. Be so kind to yourselves. So much love. And I'll see you next week. Bye.